everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Frank always knows that I don't come prepared every time. Do you oh, have, would you, do you like have your notepad? A notepad. Could I have your notepad? Because the person across me, I should know. Um, yeah. But well, I actually find out that I don't really know who you are. I have that. My name is Jeff. Jeff? <laughs> really? I thought your stage name was Douchebag this whole time. <laughs> Jeffy. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that, Jim, Tony? <laughs> we have Jeff here with us in the studio today. Jeff. Jeffrey. Also known as... <laughs> Jeffrey. Joffrey, if you will. No, Jeffrey. Okay. Dammer. Um, <laughs> I asked for a notepad, Frank, not a sticky pad. Well... How am I supposed to write this small? I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> Um, I'm just so frazzled. I put this um, up on the wall with stickies. Oh, no. And it fell down and pu- pulled the... Uh, that mm. Just pulled it right out of the wall, busted it. You see the spot Uh-oh. where those screws were? Yeah, so... That's not good. That is yeah. not good, Frank. No, it's not. I don't know what I'm... I don't know what I'm going to do. Your hanging skills are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope they're okay. Oh, God. (laughs) What is this sharp, heavy metal object right above me right now, Frank? (laughs) Are you trying to murder me? Happy New Year. (laughs) It's like, it's going to be my show from now on. (laughs) No more. More with less Tony Barnes. (laughs) (laughs) No more. I like it. Tony Barnes, yes. Um, Yes, so... uh, it's a beautiful day. Yeah. yeah Sun's is. shining. It's a new year. We all woke up. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank, thank I trained all year for that. <laughs> <laughs> we have air, some of us less than others in our lungs. <laughs> Speaking of, um, I, I promised myself I wouldn't cry today. Um, well, so please don't make that promise. Yeah, because so it's we, kind of a reoccurring yeah, thing. Yeah, we have to cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Puts it out. Just, it out. Just let it go, you yeah. know? Just let it go. <laughs> Um, I feel like there's a kid song there. Yeah, don't hold it back anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't come prepared today. Okay. <clears throat> I so, I thought I knew Rick, but it How turns out that I don't. How long have we known each other? Huh? How long have we known each other? Uh, uh, 2012, 13, something like that. about right. You think? Yeah. yeah. My son was two and a half. Yeah. So The well, only yeah. reason I know that is because you're the first person I played with after I stopped playing. When he was born... I quit playing for like two and a half years. So I inspired your entire life from then on. The full career. Man, that is heavy stuff. Yeah. I truly appreciate the fact that I was awesome enough to <laughs> inspire your life, Rick. <laughs> oh, speaking right. of, we haven't quite introduced Jeff. His name is not Jeff. His name is Rick Keen. That's right. And he plays the Dobro, among other things, sort of like a Dobro, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what would well, you call them? An electric Dobro. An electric Dobro. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, like a like a standing lap steel, or is that did I just make that up? Just made that up. Mm-hmm. I just made it up. Standing yeah. lap steel. I like the idea though. <clears throat> it sounded cool. What it is is it's it looks like a lap steel, so I see why you could think that. But it's uh, the guy who builds my Dobros, John Paul Johnson, out of Sanford. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he he noticed I was playing with these big bands, these big country bands with drums and bass, and Dobros just were not cutting through. Mm. So what he wanted was something that I could you know just go right over to play in. Lab Steel's tune different, space different. Uh, Dobro, what he did was just electrified it, put three guitar pickups on it, got an electrical engineer to wire it up, and uh, phases between three electric guitar pickups, uh, transition right over, play it through a helix, gets a huge sound. Where are the pickups? Because you got to have that resonating drum, right? There, there's no resonator. No, oh. it's, it looks like a Lab Steel. Um, three pickups directly under the strings. I see. And they I phase see. together. Okay, so it, that's what you, you you said that. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't get, well, didn't most get people, when you think of Dobro, you think of a, a resonator guitar. Right. That's what it is. Right. Uh, like a speaker, a big speaker. Um, this is all electric. It's all made okay. by electricity. Okay. <laughs> you know, and most of the time, Rick plays with several bands all over the place and uh, has for a whole long long time there. And usually this loudness he speaks of makes me sad, and I want to tell him to turn down. <laughs> <laughs> Once I got rid of the amps, though. Once I got rid of the amps. <laughs> it's not the Rick Keene show. Okay. okay. It's the Tony Barnes band. Okay, Rick? I mean, come on. <laughs> More me, less you. Yes. Yes. More or less. More or less. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Speaking of more can you turn that oh yeah you can tell that rick doesn't know what he literally right doesn't know what to yeah. do with his hands because the microphone here the other way. see you can tell he's a dobro player yeah because it actually picks up from the end oh okay here, not I like put it straight towards you like, like right there kind of yeah, eating it there we go right there like a corn dog <laughs> <laughs> like a state fair corn dog you know right. just put it right in front of your face there um you can tell he's never used a microphone before that's right actually yeah, i'm not sure what to do with my hands yes you don't know what this Classic. thing is here that's I did a TV commercial for our company, uh, Pest Control Company. Don't lie, Rick. I wasn't. <laughs> and I was telling someone, I've, I've been on TV several times, you know, the bigger stuff in New York, smaller stuff with like regional TV shows. Mm-hmm. But I've always had something in my hands. I've mm-hmm. always been able to just play. I've never had to talk. So, mm-hmm. so when I did the commercial, I wasn't really sure what to do with my hands, like the Ricky Bobby <laughs> thing. I just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like me. I hate, like, people are like, you sing for a living. Or used to, why don't you do karaoke for us tonight? I'm like, <laughs> I have a guitar in my hand. I feel naked without a guitar. Right. I can't just get up there and hold a microphone and, like, I'll be shaking in my boots. It's a different, you know, people don't realize, you sing all the time. Well, I sing with a guitar. That's right. And I know that if I suck at singing, I can just play a lick and people are like, oh, that's, that's kind of right. cool. All right. That's right. <laughs> and then makes me feel better, you know. Um, but, yeah. It's something to hide behind. That's true. For sure. For I hide sure. behind a lot of things. Do you? I told myself I was a <laughs> Rick, you've already made me cry today. Twice. All one accomplished. Yes, twice in the first five minutes of the that's show. Right. So. I didn't even realize we had started. That's just thought we were talking. Yeah. Well, well that's how we uh, we lull you into a false sense of security and then I feel attack. betrayed. Next I feel betrayed. You know. Then we attack your heartstrings. <laughs> we fiercely, aggressively attack your heartstrings. <laughs> and then I end up crying for some reason, and the other person doesn't. I don't know That's why right. it's a weird uh, thing. Well, since we did talk a little bit about let, let's talk about your music uh, or your life first, because we do care about your life a little That's bit. Uh, start kind of where you came. I know um, 
you lived out west for a little while, didn't you? Or is that uh, complete just teenage lie? years? Just teenage okay. years with my dad. Gotcha. He was in L.A. That's where I learned to play dobro. That's the first place I saw one was Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and it just looked shiny. That I didn't have any musical interest. Never played nothing else. It just looked shiny, and I was like, man, I'd mm-hmm. like to. I'd like to play that. So I brought one back from California to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'd sit every day with the radio, just playing because you don't really hear dobro players. There's no like prominent dobro famous guy somewhere that you could just follow around and here's how you do it. And there was no videos. There was no YouTube back then. So I would just sit and play with the radio mm-hmm. and just sit and listen, play over and over and over. Grandma would go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'd take the picks off, play real lights so and nobody could hear it. Just sitting there playing for probably 15, 16 hours a day. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Displaying. So it was like a it was like a bass to a shiny lure. That's it. It was shiny. And you it was said, a big old shiny go. necklace. I just yeah. had to have, you know, or a mosquito to a <laughs> one of those right. mosquito traps. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or a it person. zapped you, literally <laughs> and that's metaphysically. That's um, right. What does metaphysically mean? It it didn't mean what I was saying. It's probably I something. I think you nailed it. it kind of encapsulates yeah, everything. Big picture. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think you right context. Man, look, look at, at me. You. You, you, I'm getting better. New year, new you. That's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I worked out yesterday. I did. For the first time in many, many months. What did you, neck or head or refrigerator? <sighs> well, I don't really concentrate on my neck, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird laugh. I don't know where that came from. I think it's because I can barely breathe today. But, uh, but you know, uh, you know, just working on the guns, mostly. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the tickets to the gun yeah, show. Yeah, well, you got to s- sell tickets somehow. Yeah, That's right. You know, That's what gets them in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where, what were we talking about? <laughs> as well? Oh, yeah. You in, in Los Angeles, California. That's right. Just Shiny things. Staying with my dad. And yes. then came back home. My granddad was super into old bluegrass. I'm talking 40s, 50s, 60s bluegrass. And they had one Dobro player back then. It was Josh Graves. And it was super traditional bluegrass. And I would sit there and, and, and just practice that. And that was the way to be. You know what I mean? First year or two, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jerry Douglas comes along. Somebody introduced me to him. And it was – he played everything. He played <laughs> – with Ray Charles, he played with Leonard Skinner. He played with anybody you can think of. Still playing today on Saturday Night Live, not too long ago. Playing, he was just everywhere. And I just had to figure out what he was doing, how he got that sound. And so, just every day, sitting there with CD players, just the old school reverse, <laughs> play it back again, and you'd burn out DVDs and you'd burn out CDs. And man, it just consumed my life so much so that. I was like, this is it. This is this is what I've got to do. So probably 15, I'd play with like little local bands around. But 15, I got like a national touring band, had their own tour bus, and this was big time. That's awesome. And I think I was 15 when we done that, 15, 16, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I'd made a bunch of money that summer, and I was like, well, this is it. I'm done. I think it might have been like seven or eight thousand dollars. <laughs> but a fifteen, sixteen year old, I'm yeah. rich. I'm loaded. Right, this yes. is it, buddy. I'm a millionaire right now. <laughs> so I quit school and just started playing music with touring bands. I played with uh, the the first one was the Churchman, which seems odd enough, but it was a bluegrass gospel group that toured nationally and internationally. I think we went to Canada several times, Ireland several wow. times, uh, Scotland. Just did a you know two hundred shows a year, and for, like I said, fifteen, sixteen year old. Wow. I was yeah. that was it, but big time. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah. I mean, I mean even you, today. Well, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you're making like a hundred dollars a show, one hundred and fifty dollars a show. But it feels like at 15, 16 years old, you are just, mm-hmm. just you're the rich man. boy. And <laughs> I was thinking I, I I couldn't go to school because I was like I 
I know what I want to do, and I'm making more money than these teachers, I think. Probably wasn't, but, you know, this is, this is where I'm well, at. We are in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. That's a sad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sad joke. But, yeah, I was, that, that's what I wanted to do. So I'd done that. Let's see. Uh, the Churchman. Then I moved to uh, Virginia, played with Michelle Nixon, who was also a National Tour and Act, had a big tour bus. Uh, moved to Colorado. Um, played with a group there called Hit and Run. They did 200 shows a year. Moved back, played with a girl from uh, Georgia, Anita Fisher, uh, another national tour and act. Then um, there was Valerie Smith out of Nashville. And then the the girl I was seeing at the time, she um, she would been in college to be a teacher. And that's why I knew how much they made. <laughs> but we moved, she got a, a job out of, out of college in Laurenburg. And um, that was the only place that offered a teaching job at the time. So I moved down with her because it didn't matter where I lived. I was playing music somewhere every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And once we moved down there, um, once she got pregnant, I realized, hey, this is, I can't play music anymore because you're always gone. And so I quit, just quit playing right then. As soon as we found out she was pregnant, I went to work at a pest control company and thought, man, I'll just do this until I figure out something else to do. And, uh, then just really started focusing on that. Things just started progressing with that, and it, it became a career as opposed to just a job. And then about two and a half years into that, um, I was like, man, I, I think I need to start playing some again. And a buddy of mine told me about you. He's like, man, Tony Barnes, you got to go see Tony Barnes. He's the best musician around. Oh, and I was like, all right, I'll go see him. You know, so I rode with rode with my buddy up to I think it was O'Donnell's on a mm, Thursday yeah. night or something like I that. I remember it vividly. Right. Vividly, yes, I, I really remember. do. We walked in, and my buddy Brian was like, hey, my friend Rick here, he plays. And Tony was like, well, do you got it with you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm not look. prepared. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it comes out of your sleeve. Took it off my back. A dobro out, out of your sleeve. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And and once we once we started playing together, and I, I seen him look over and smile, and I was like, all right, man, it's right back. <laughs> two and a half years, like it never stopped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tony immediately called me after. He's like, hey, man. I just found you. Do you like to play music? Let's go play. I was like, yeah, man, let's go. Let's go. Don't flatter yourself, Rick. <laughs> I mean, it, it was probably a little less excited than that. I just it was more or less exciting. More than or that. less. Yes, that's right. <laughs> sure enough, man, it was, uh, it, it, it got me that, that bug enough off my shoulder to where I was still playing and I was, it, it was still cathartic, just getting that, whew, Mm-hmm. Getting that release, but still going back to work on Monday morning, still hanging out with the kid every night. So it was mm-hmm. uh, the best of both worlds. That's awesome. And I like how you used the bug yeah. as your <laughs> reference. <laughs> Cause, Sometimes cause, that's what it seemed like it is. You just get this itch, yeah. and man, you just yeah, you kind of get, I need to go play music, man. Well, well, yeah, you scratch it, but you don't kill it. That's right. I you mean, never you kill know, it. You're, you you don't mean, want to exterminate it. You're sort of a murderer of, of bugs. <laughs> I mean, a licensed let's killer. get this straight. <laughs> licensed to kill. That's right. That's right. Termites, that is, people. Termites. termites. And, and other pests. That's right. right? That's and, exactly and, right. And humanely. Not really, but. We can say that, right? <laughs> Most humane possible way. There you go. Because, you that? know, killing is not humane, really. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. in the most humane way, you kill yeah. bugs. That's right. Okay. It happens in nature every day. It so. does. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably more inhumane than that, right? I mean, Most likely, they probably yeah. like, get one piece of them ate. Mm. That's right. And then they're in pain, and then another piece ate, right? That's right. I mean, assuming yeah. that's the way it works in nature, right? I think so. We should all probably spend more time out in nature. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> this little. 
Those little termites, man. You know, they right. have lives too, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I do have dreams about not termites, but nightmares. Bed bugs, nightmares about bed bugs coming back to get me. It's always bed bugs oh. coming back to get me, man. Yeah. Every well, it's it's once a week I dream about bed bugs. They're mm. they're I get the itch. Yeah, oh, man, they got yeah. me. They're like the Freddy Krueger of pests, aren't they? That's right. That's right. Because I've luckily, knock on wood, I've never had bed bugs in my house or any or brought them Shoot, back anywhere. I'll knock on wood too. Yeah. But I have heard from it, you. What's the super common? It's it's like COVID. Anybody can get it. It's uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, how how dirty or clean you are. You just went somewhere that had them, mm-hmm. or you either knew someone that brought them over to you. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. So it could happen to me, you, anybody else. But man, I, I do dream about them. I man. do dream about them. So this is completely on another topic that is related to what we're saying um did you experience that uh hotel what was it the super six or whatever down on 15501 that got shut down by the health department oh, did no. you ever get called over there oh man i don't know are you saying Super Six? I don't know which one that is. I don't know the one. I don't want to bring up specific names. Next to the ABC store. <laughs> yeah, the one next to the ABC store behind Mazda. Yeah, that's that's not Super Six, but yes, many times, many times, and they weren't shut down because right, of that. it's not Super that, Six. I think that's rumor. The man, the man sold out his business. <laughs> oh, he yeah. did. Yeah, oh, okay. that's that's a rumor. Yeah. Well, I know oh, it. They were put on like um, probation or whatever from the health department. Uh, no. I think that was for the restaurant. And they shut the restaurant down. Oh. That had been shut down for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they had a I, restaurant in there? I know the man personally, and he, he sold out his business. Wow. Yeah. That, that, he was just time to retire. He owned a, a couple of hotels and some of the nice ones, some of the less nice ones. Right, right. That's I right. do remember hearing that he owned other ones that were <laughs> of a maybe higher quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And eh, I, I think that one was more or less just been there forever, kind of like a staple to the area. Mm. Mm. And there's another one down the road, kind of the same way. The family owned both of them. And he so, just he just retired. I just mm. realized, I don't think there's a, such a thing as a Super 6. I was thinking Motel 6. <laughs> Motel 6. That's what I was like, I don't, Super I don't, 8. Hey, uh, I, you guys want to start a hotel chain? Yeah, the Super 6. six. Yeah, let's go. Let's uh, I've go. serviced most of the, the hotels in that area. Okay. Not for bed bugs, but for other things. And that, that, was, that was probably a rumor. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good good. Yeah, I don't point, think though. it was bed bugs. I just heard it was really bad in there. Mm. Yeah. Well, what I'm sure you've done this in the past with hotels and things like that. Like if one, if you see like for instance, somebody brings bed bugs into one room, mm-hmm. <clears throat> does it spread to other rooms because they're there or not much? Usually, it's caught <clears throat> before it, bed bugs in general are going to stay wherever their host is because that's they're they're depending on us for food so they're going to be right near the bed <clears throat> and as long as they've got food they'll stay right near the bed if the population builds up so big that they have to start venturing out for food they they can spread mm-hmm. but usually someone's going to catch on to that a cleaning lady a guest somebody's going to say hey, y'all got some issues in here mm-hmm. and they take care of them it's man it's a that's a tough thing for a hotel it's kind of a catch-22 you you need your your people to come in and stay there but you're also bringing the problem in as well with them so they've they've been hit hard by this last decade or so like that mm. Mm. i mean ev- everywhere from like the waldorf astorias had them right I mean, I, even the nicest hotel I was just thinking about it in new york there mm-hmm. was a big about 10 years ago right mm-hmm. that's when it yeah mm. i remember when they had the uh, democratic convention in charlotte they brought it was not specific to a political party it was just a bunch of people there and so it, it brought like a, a little epidemic of bed bugs to that area. Just all the people that came there and stayed in the hotels just had bed bugs everywhere. That's, hmm. that's, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things for me. Like, I don't know how I, 
<laughs> you would react the same way that most people react. Yeah. Just can't believe it. Just ah! feel disgusting. Right. And so that's the first thing. I, when I get to somebody's house, hey, it's look, I'm in here. It's fine. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. It's fine. Mm. Anybody can get them. It don't mean you're dirty. Don't mean you're nasty. Don't mean you're poor. It just means it's just like COVID. Anybody could get it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's all that happened. Mm. And so that's that's part of my job is trying to, to calm people down. Hey, because I mean, some people really react hardcore to them. I mean, super just screaming, crying, can't stay there. And hey, it's fine. We can take care of it. No big deal. Let's just let's do this thing. Let's get rid of them and let's move on. No big deal. So you're sort of a hero. I would say so. I wear a cape. <laughs> I, I mean, do wear a cape under here. Yeah. I mean, I imagine you coming in like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like <sighs> Terminator. Like well, this is exactly how I do. Big it. blaster guns out of your hands. I'm going for these bed bugs now. They won't be back. They won't be back. Get down. Get to the chopper. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. yeah bed bugs are a tough thing, man. Bed yeah. bugs are tough. Yeah. Well, you have a tough fight in front of you sometimes, don't you? I'm a true hero. You true are. Hero. I mean, I think you are. American That's right. Hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we should probably say wh- wh- where you work. Have oh, you said that yet? I haven't. Kennedy's oh. Termite and Pest Control. In Laurenburg. Laurenburg, North Carolina. Specifically because they're all independently owned and operated, correct? That's correct. That's oh, correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, the one in Laurenburg has been there almost 50 years. It was oh, started wow. by Terry Kennedy. Uh, Mike Little bought that business probably 40 years ago, 35 years ago from Terry, and has been working that area uh, for the last 40 years. Uh, we've been working the Moore County area. In the last 10 to 15, I always felt kind of intimidated coming up here because Mike's been there for so long. Everybody just, he has a reputation there, just a, a name. Call Kennedy's, call Kennedy's. Mm-hmm. Mike, call Mike, call Mike. Well, we started coming up here more, and it was not that they were more educated, but it just seemed bigger houses. You went from $100,000 houses to $1.5 million houses. And it's like, well, man, I really need to get this right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You need to up the insurance a little bit. That's right. <laughs> 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 but the, the Moore County area, we've been we've probably been servicing this area 15, 10 to fifteen years. I know I've been up here personally for twelve years working in the Moore County area. Yeah, and for those that um, I'm sure, if you own a home, you've used uh, a pest inspector before. Fiona, what? Sorry. Fiona Apple. You <laughs> said if you own a home. Oh, if you. Oh, very nice. <gasps> if you own a home, like then it. you've probably. I had to call, unfortunately, or maybe proactively call a pest inspector. If you have not and you've lived in your house for a while, you probably should soon. That's right. Because they're common around here, you know. That's right. And, you know, I'm a real estate agent, so Rick is my go-to guy. So, you know, he'll he'll come out and check it out. And, and, uh, you know, kind of part of the process, most lenders, you know, especially if it's VA or USDA, I think – Will re- or any government loans, you typically require a pest inspection to make sure that the there's no termites eating the girder, all the bits, and then the house falls in, and obviously the, they loaned money on a house that's no longer there, so they don't want to do that. So, um, you know, we use pest inspectors quite often, and I would recommend as a real estate agent to uh, do that, even if they don't uh, right. require it, that's because right. it really is something you should know about your house. Um, right. You know. So and Rick is a very trustworthy guy for the most part. I mean, <laughs> more or less. I, well, I, think, I think that's why we've done so well as a small company, as a small business. I think we only employed ten people, but as a as a small company, I see these these bigger guys, and I think Tony's experienced it over the years with real estate. It seems like the nowadays everybody just wants to push selling something, sell, mm-hmm. sell this. Well, you need this. Well, you need that. And a lot of times, I think if you'll just be honest with people, it seems my experience. 
that if you'll just say, hey, here, here's what I'm seeing. I, I don't really think you need this, but we'll keep an eye on that. In the long run, you'll get the business and, and you'll get you'll get return business as opposed to just pushing $25,000 on every house. You say, Hey, you need this, this amount of work or this amount of work. Hey, you may not, you mm-hmm. may in the, in the future, but look, let's work on what you got right now. Mm-hmm. Seems like for me, I've just had people tell me over and over, well, you seem like a trustworthy person. You know, you, you seem like somebody I can trust. And I'm like, well, that's good. Cause I, I hope I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try. That's right. I've, I've heard, you know, some of the bigger, bigger companies, just sitting in on different meetings and different things like that, they'll say things like, uh, anybody can kill bugs. We're in the business of making money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's that's kind of a bad way of looking at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're doing something and you're honest with people, most times they'll they'll come back to you. Yeah. And and I would say, you know, not to knock any other people in that's the business, right. but you know, in my in my opinion, especially as a real estate agent, I've ran into it a couple of times where if if you get a quote from one pest company and they say oh man you need a full encapsulation it's going to be twenty thousand dollars you need this you need a, all this this that it's definitely worth it to get a second opinion 100 percent of the time in my in, in my professional opinion seriously i mean because that may be the case yeah, um, maybe. but even if you need a full encapsulation all the bells and whistles it might be cheaper somewhere else you That's know right. so mm-hmm. i mean just like anything i mean i'm I, i'm a realtor and i would say to everybody if you're looking for a house interview multiple realtors i mean and that's coming from a realtor you know i, I, I might not be the best fit for you if you interview me and you're like well this is my expertise whatever you know i'll do my best and i'll help i'll get people involved that know if i'm a little weak on one part of what you're looking at i'll get somebody involved and team up with them but i may not be the perfect fit for you you know always interview more than one one person when it comes to big expenses or things like that that can cost money um i had a i won't name the septic company i should but i won't um but i had a listing a year and a half ago in aberdeen and a septic company that's fairly well known uh came out and told my seller uh that they were going to need a twenty thousand dollar septic replacement twenty thousand dollars the average septic replacement is five thousand to six thousand dollars um told him that he called me like tony what what in the world man this is gonna be so much money i don't know how we're gonna do it. i'm like yeah get a second opinion so i called <laughs> another guy out there and he went out there within three days and uh it, was, it ended up being eight hundred dollar repair <laughs> and the county signed off on it approved it boom eight hundred dollars so literally, he told this guy twenty thousand dollars, and I, like I said, I'm trying not to create drama on this show, so I don't want to say their name. Um, but I don't use them ever, ever, <laughs> ever, or That's ever again. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's worth getting a second opinion. Well, I'm telling people uh, a lot of times because we're we're not the cheapest, and and there's a reason for that. Most times because we try to use the best things and do by code and not cut any corners. So a lot of times I'll just tell people, hey, I'm not the cheapest. I know that, mm-hmm. and and. If you got, if you want to go get other opinions, please do. I'm not the cheapest, but at least I'll be honest with you. And then yeah. this is what I'm thinking. If you want to show me something that somebody else is doing, I'll, I'll tell you, hey, that's a better deal. You should probably go. Do, I don't know how they're doing it that cheap, but you might want to go with them. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is it's not always cheaper is better. That's Absolutely right. not. But but I knew there was a red <laughs> flag immediately when he said it was a twenty thousand dollar repair because I know that you can literally crush a septic tank yeah. in most places and put a brand new one in for five to six thousand dollars. That's right. And even if it's a pump system, even a full on custom system that goes pumps to another lot is typically less than twenty thousand dollars. So like you know. I knew that this was wrong, so but that's a good point. 
to, we were talking about paying employees last week on on the Southern Elegance, and you know, I, I know she had some thoughts about that because people are people. But you know, I, in my experience, I don't have a lot of employees, but I have contracted work, right? So I I like to pay the people that work for me. You know, retail. I mean, yeah. I'm, I tell them, look, I don't care for friends or not. You know, give me full retail price. That's what I'm paying. You know, because I, I want to make sure that. You know that you're valued, and uh, and sometimes you might get taken advantage of. But I mean, that's what I kind of roll with, you know. So it's not always the cheapest is the best, you know. That's right. That's so. right. You've not ever once told me that, just by the way. Really? <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I've asked you to do so many things for free. Do it on the side. Do it on the free. <laughs> hey, can you not do this? Like, and charge me? Like, just no, no, no money? That, that's why I just send you bills. You I don't, don't have a family, money. right? <laughs> I mean, why do you need money, Rick? I mean, exactly. Just, you only have like a, a kid. And, a wife i mean responsibilities yeah and bills mean, and things what do you need money for yeah. <laughs> that's right so you know but that's yeah that's my story i'm sticking to it that's right. but actually we're here to talk about your story oh yeah so oh tell us uh so let's uh so rick works for uh, kennedy's pest control in laurenburg i would highly recommend him um can you tell us a number to call that people can call you for a uh, schedule your pest inspection yeah. 910-277-0837 that's okay. the best way to reach us. I think there's also a website, Kennedy's Termite and Pest Control, a mm-hmm. uh, good website. Call anytime. We do anything that you need for your okay. house. If it involves pest or moisture, we're there. All right. Yep. Moist- so, moisture? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good thing that you do encapsulations as That's well, right. right? That's right. Of crawl spaces. That's right. Can you and explain that- what an encapsulation is? Generally speaking, what I find, I, I can trace it back, and it's not my find. It's it's uh, Mike's find that you, you've been checking houses forty years and they don't have any issues, and then you go back in the next two years and it's like, well, now they've got mold hanging from the the floor joists, and you're like, well, what what happened? For forty years, this house was fine, and it seems like these high efficiency AC units that they're putting in crawl spaces keeps the colder air in the ductwork and the trunk lines longer. Hmm. All right, which is it. It is more efficient for your energy bill, and it is keeps it cooler and warmer, depending on the time of the year. But it also just keeps cooler air in the crawl space, where you get hot, humid air wicked in from the brick, from the vents. It creates condensation where the moisture goes up to the to the wood. If that's the case, you, you got to cut out something. you got to cut out – what we do is cut out the moisture, for humidity from the outside, and completely seal it up. And these things can run as cheap as you know four or $5,000 up to, like, Fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, depending on the size of the house and what issues it has, and and this that seems to be where I find people pushing the the biggest sales with pest control companies nowadays. Not running down anybody specific. I just seem seems to be the trend is hey, you need to go ahead and proactively do this, or hey, you got you know, terrible issues, you need to do this. You need to spend fifteen thousand dollars with me, and then I'll go check them. It's like it's not a problem at all, and I'll, I'll take pictures. With the, I'll write my name and the date on the floor joist just to say, hey, this is <laughs> this is your crawl space right here. And just to say, because that seems to be where people getting taken advantage of a lot. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I think that a lot of people work on commission and you can fatten up your own checks that way. Yeah. And that's, that's sad to say, but that's that's something I see a lot these days. Yeah. A lot. And that's and you actually, is it correct that you don't typically work on commissions? Work in, I, I don't work on commission okay. at all. That's, yeah. that's, I'm not a high-pressure salesman. Didn't go to salesman school. Didn't read any salesman books. I just, I know my profession, and I just say, hey, here's, here's your problem. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell that to every single person. Hey, my paycheck is not affected either way. If you buy something from us or don't, it don't affect me at all. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to, I'd like you to be a customer. I'd like to work with you, but it don't affect me at all. And mm-hmm. so, I, I, th- I think the commission sometimes can. In, it can lead to 
you know, unethical things. Absolutely. I mean, same thing. You see it with real estate agents all the time. That's right. I mean, and that's why real estate agents have a bad reputation, really. I mean, and I would say the majority of people have a bad, sour taste in their mouth about real estate agents. So, you know, that's why especially you should research whoever and right. whatever industry you're doing, especially when it comes to a house, which is a huge investment. Um, you know, make sure. I mean, there's some highly successful real estate agents that are very shady in Moore County. Um, And I will not name them, of course, but uh, and there's also people that don't have any business just because they're they don't know and they don't ask questions with people that do know. They think they can just go over here and represent somebody and they've done like two sales in two years and they're like, yeah, I'm a real estate agent. And, you know, it's like you just steer them into losing tens of thousands of dollars because they don't know what they're doing. So just always just research people, you know, like, and, and, you know, that's why I found, I think, I mean, for the most part, I feel like I'm a pretty honest, straightforward guy. And, uh, and, and, and it's helped me in my business for sure, because in the real estate business, and as I imagine in any business, yeah. uh, there are some very shady people, especially when it comes to commissions, because obviously I get it. You know, when, you know, it hurts. I've had a few transactions by no fault of mine or even maybe the other party. It just happened, you know, like people have lost some money and the deals fell through after months or months of working on these things and you know you sort of try not to count on that money as a a commission-based income you know guy but or girl but you know you sort of do in the back of your mind like okay i got this we'll be good for january right like you know because that's how it is i mean it's hard not to yeah Yeah. you know because i mean especially in real estate you know um you know the average real estate agent i think i read last year two years ago and maybe more now in more county, but the average real estate agent makes like forty thousand dollars a year, fifty thousand dollars a year. I mean, you know, there's great potential to do better than that. Um, but you know, if you can close one at one a month, you're you're, you're making a living. You know, because you might get five to seven thousand dollars. You know, in more county yeah. off of one a month, or maybe a little bit more, and that's decent money. You know, but uh, it's just. Uh, when it comes to commissions, you know, people do crazy things. Money drives it, you know, and they'll sweep something under the rug so they can make sure they get that paycheck. And that's why I think I've been successful is because I don't and I will call it out. You know what I mean? Because that's exactly my job, my fiduciary job and and ethics and everything. So and I think that's the same way with you. You know, I I was just sitting here thinking it seems like, you know, you'd hear your grandpa or your dad or your mom or whoever just growing up i've got a guy that does that. oh my, my guy works on my car my guy does this mm-hmm. or whoever you know what i mean and it might be they just found somebody they trust and that that's who i'm going with just because if you'll just be honest like you said it fell through your deal fell through mm-hmm. just be hey I, I thought this is how this is gonna go this didn't go this way mm-hmm. i'd like to help you in the future kind of thing yeah I, I think if you're just honest with people that that goes a long way yeah and especially with real yeah. estate <clears throat> i try to tell people up front like, look, this is this is the average likely scenario, which will be good and okay, and we'll get through it. Sorry. This is a scenario that could happen, and it's terrible, and it yeah. sucks. But know that it's a possibility, you know, because right. like, it's just when you deal with humans and lots of money, shit, it's the van. That's Sorry, right. can we hit the fart button on that? I'll make my own. Yeah, so, um, yeah I mean, because you're dealing with people and money, you know? That's right. Go ahead, push it. I know you want to push it. I Push one. Realizing. Just Did you get one? Did you get a fart no. one? didn't uh, but i can record all right make your fart noise <laughs> <laughs> do it again that was bad do it again that was bad was that first one real was it- that was the beginning i started the recording <laughs> as you were doing <laughs> <laughs> it's like a short question <laughs> 
a short. Yeah, that's what we need is just a bunch of different types of farts. Yeah. Just like people, there's a bunch yeah. of different types of farts. I imagine Good this time. is exactly what you guys did in here. I didn't know because I listened. <laughs> I listened every week, but I imagine it was a bunch of fart noises. Yeah. Well, it's a new year. It's a new year, Frank. I've been asking him for three months. Same fart way. noises. And I could have just done this the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Short, quick, to the point. You know, yeah. I like it. Yeah, That's good. Yes, it's gonna well. be like one of those things they they caught somebody on on TV, like a news anchor or something, just kind of sliding up in here. To the, <laughs> right. I can just imagine you riding along, getting your AirPods or in your car. What? I often wonder when people are listening because there are a few, and I think it happened last week actually. A fire truck will go by, yeah. and I'm just like, what are they? Because. It's happened to me listening to podcasts. Uh-huh. Something will happen in the background there, and I'm just like, "What is? What's right. going on here?" That's because we're on fire, Frank. That's right. right. L- literally, L- literally, metaphysically, mm, as no. well. No, you used it so right the first time. <laughs> well, uh, where were we before the farts? I got <laughs> totally blown away. <laughs> I think we were talking about being honest, good people yes. until we got to the farts. Yes. yes, I just came up with that joke just then and there. Right in the moment. <laughs> I was blown away with the fart jokes. I like yes. it. Yeah, you like it? Okay. I like it. So. <laughs> I, I hope there's editing. I hope there is. Can you just play it straight through? Why? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like to edit. I okay. Mean, Rick, now you've I've ruined your show. That's right. I? That's fine. Just like in normal life, I ruined your show. They're going to ask me how it's how it went. I'm going to say a bunch of fart oh, noises. A bunch, bunch of, fart. of fart noises. Hey, well, we have done statistics um, nationwide and internationally that farts sell. Farts sell. Yes. I mean, if you talk about farts, if you make fart noises, uh-huh. um, even if you really fart. <laughs> People laugh. People. I think they said fart smell, not fart sale. Oh, well, it was a whole, oh, that's right. it's a whole different study. Maybe, yes. But uh, they do. They sell, too, because I, we know. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All the money. All the money that this podcast makes comes from farts. That's right. Wait. You make money off this? You told me I was getting paid. I did? Yeah. Frank? You told Pay me. the man. <laughs> here's noise. here's three dollars and twenty eight. <laughs> yes, we have a fart noise now. Yes, man. <laughs> Do it again. That was bad. <laughs> this is perfect. It's really going down the going down the, the stinker. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I listened. Man. I listened last week, and it was such an elegant woman. <laughs> she was so. Poised and just career oriented and positive, and I ruined and your life with here this one. I'm so articulate. Do it again, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. I feel like we're on John Boy and Billy now. You remember that show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Is it still on? Just constantly laughing and fart noises is yeah. basically the whole. Song. Actually, I don't even I know heard, if they had a place to go. I just, heard lately, recently, that they um, just started making their own show. I think they do podcasts. No. Okay. I'll have to look in. I used to listen in the mornings. Yeah. I remember, it always seemed like I'm from Benson, North Carolina, which is a small little, just podunk town, farming community. Good, old Good town, but it's uh, just a small little farming community. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember John Boy would go in there, and he he sounded like us. He acted like us. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody famous would come on, and he wouldn't know their name. Like Rob <laughs> Schneider would come on, and he would try to introduce them. Here is Rob Schneider. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly 
exactly how I do it. Yeah. That's exactly how I would do it. <laughs> hey, if you can't, laughter just keeps us all alive, doesn't it? You That's know? right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can laugh at me. Most of this show is about laughing at me, not with me. It's so. more or less about laughing at you. More or less embarrassing okay. myself um, for the greater good. I would say it I'm, is. I it might is good. You're the real hero. You're I'm, the real leader. I was about to say I might possibly be. Maybe. <laughs> I'm crying again. Um, Frank, help me out here. Well, ask the man a question. <laughs> I was wondering what it's like to work. Like, do you ever have beef with other tournament companies? No. no. Oh, they get in the ring, bro. Yeah. We meet in Fight. crawl spaces. We throw down. <laughs> Finish Tight him. quarters. Tight quarters. Okay, so it, it's just as I pictured it. Exactly. Right, okay. Exactly. Cool. No, no. Every time you see one going down the road, you wave. Most times we help each other out because a lot of times you'll somebody will quit here and want to be hired there kind of mm, thing right in my experience now um the other candidates they send us business we send them business if it's out of the area kind of thing um we've dealt with other other pest control companies that needed help with this or maybe we needed help with that it seems to be we all do the same thing we all just kind of wave and and get along hmm. I, I, do y'all have beef with any other podcast every one of them everyone joe rogan's going down well, no. He oh. he's kind of a big deal. He, he's kind of all of them. He's kind of a big deal. He actually is still number one on Spotify's podcast for 2022. I saw something every time he releases a podcast. It's like the equivalent of Taylor Swift dropping an album every day. <laughs> God, man. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, wow. I was, this is a good segue of the, about fight about you know uh, about fighting about fighting, <laughs> which kids don't do that. Um, but unless it's a controlled environment, right? Rick is actually, is it jujitsu? Yeah. 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 Oh, here, in Moore County, a new place up so, here. So note to self, don't ever mess with Rick Keith. <laughs> right. Um, Valhalla Combat Academy, new place up here. Okay. Uh, Trey Pace started this place. He's like a third degree black belt. They do MMA there. They do women's jujitsu, women's self-defense, kids' self-defense. Uh, he opened up a, a nice place right off of number two, super nice. Hmm. And then they are... It already grown huge just within i think they started the end of november maybe the first week of december wow um i think he's like a 20-year military vet i was going to tell you to maybe have him on since he's in this area and yeah such a oh, big yeah, deal that'd be great that's a great put in a word suggestion. for us i will, yeah. I will. He's like who is that, <laughs> that guy? i'm sure he'd like since i don't i don't know how new he is to this area because I, I know he he was uh i think the lead instructor for hoist gracie's academy in uh, fayetteville for years and he wanted to open up his own place and it's right off of number two and man it is nice and a lot of people are showing up kids women like it's it's super super big things he's doing over there that's good he's a he's a i think he's a military vet but he's also a mean fighter man Mm -hmm. he's an mma fighter yeah and he's a he's a he's a good dude to know Good That's good. I, so, I definitely want him on my side. How, yeah, long have, too. <laughs> how long have you been doing that? Um, since the pandemic. Oh, okay. And what, what's funny is I was training with a, I was training with a friend of mine up in uh, Fayetteville, and he has a, a psychologist, a female, come there and train in the garage. And I was over there on a Saturday with him, and we we're watching some other people roll. And me and the lady psychologist were sitting there. She said, what got you into jiu-jitsu? I was like, you know, the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) I said, uh, I just started thinking about my health, and it was something like, man, I'd like to try that. I've never done that. So it just seemed like get out of your comfort zone, go be healthy. It's get you working out like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) And she looked at me, and she said, so while the rest of the country was running away from people, you ran towards people? (laughs) I "I don't like being analyzed. Okay. (laughs) Tell us your thoughts. That's right. Yeah, since 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. it's uh, 
I, I, I wear a heart rate monitor doing it. I think I got my heart rate up to like 194 the other day. Dang. It's, it's, wow. uh, it's a workout. I yeah, think. I used to do Muay Thai. Muay Thai? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So note to self, don't mess with Frank either. <laughs> I never did any of that. I was so. a wrestler. I say we bully him after. We just bully him after. <laughs> Kids, bullying is not cool. That's right. That's it's right. fun, but it's not cool. No. Unless you're doing kidding. it. Oh, no. it's not. Ah. Family show down the drain. Not, hey, put right. the fart noise on. Yes, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> no, bullying is not good. No, that's right. Um, but this, I guess your point a controlled environment. Yes. Athletic self defense, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's move at your own pace. They've got young kids. I'm talking about, you know, four and five and six year old kids that go. And then they have, you know, anywhere from 21 to, I think I've seen people there 55, 60, 65 years old. It's move at your own pace. It's not, you yeah. know, fight to the death. And jujitsu mm-hmm. is nice because you can, like, um, it can be easy on mm-hmm. on the body because it's, you know, you're grappling. So you're not like, well, Hitting. I wouldn't say it's easy on the body, just because <laughs> everything on my body hurts. <laughs> but I would say you can move at your own pace. If you and other guys decide to, you know, just go hard as you can go, that that's that's what y'all agree to. And the best thing about jujitsu is the tap. If if you're in a bad spot, mm. all you have to do is tap, reset, start again. Mm. It's not like you can you can spar at a hundred percent. That's that's what I see with grappling, as opposed to like if you're a boxer or a kickboxer or muay thai, uh, you can't yeah. just every <clears throat> right. day go as hard as you can because you're going to hurt somebody or somebody's going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. Whereas in jujitsu grappling, just go a hundred percent and tap, reset, go again. Hmm. That's so awesome. because I was a wrestler, I'm wondering in formalized grappling comp like I'm I know there are competitions, but mm-hmm. I don't. <clears throat> excuse me i don't know much about them is there a point i mean do y'all do that when you're at I, i'm certainly not nearly as proficient as jujitsu as being a musician or bug guys i i do know what they do they have competitions all over the world I, I, this this guy was telling you about he's he's been to the like the international competitions and won gold i oh, think wow. he finished second or third place here in 2022 but like some of the the biggest ones um, just jujitsu tournaments like Gordon Ryan, they make millions and millions of dollars a year off of wow. instructional videos and just competitions. <laughs> I always, when I when I say jujitsu, always get people look. Yeah, I did karate. That's, that's not the same thing. Right. Not, that's not the same. Then you can tell. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But if you if you ever watch like UFC, most of the guys you see on their UFC are, are practicing jujitsu with some type of kickboxing or boxing. Right. I feel like that's the, right. The MMA. I feel like a lot of the framework. S- begins with jiu-jitsu that's a, it started the ufc that that's what the ufc was ufc one was hoist gracie winning mm. showing off jiu-jitsu it was the gracie family that that started the ufc to show off how great jiu-jitsu was huh. so like mm. the first four or five i think he won most of them and had to go out for maybe injury on a couple of them but that's that's the place in fayetteville i was telling you about that trey came from was the guy that won that started the ufc that won the first one that was his place in fayetteville where he was the lead instructor until he moved over here to uh, Pinehurst. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So uh, don't mess with Rick but or Frank. That's my right. question. Is there a point system? Like there That's po- my there, question. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is a point system in some competitions. and some of them, it's uh, no time limit. Go till somebody taps out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It depends on whatever that specific rule set is for that 
particular competition. Okay. Oh, I thought he was just saying, Rick, is there a point to that? <laughs> <laughs> is there a point to being a jiu-jitsu? I, mean, come on. Uh, I love it. It's something I couldn't believe I would love you think about. The, the first time I'd done it, I felt so awkward doing just the warm-up exercises of, like, swinging your hips out and Ooh. putting on a gi. And that I was, sounds fun. I felt so just goofy, <laughs> like I just didn't belong there. Cause there was Swing all this, your hips left and right. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that introduced me to it was, he's a 25-year military vet that taught Gracie combatives or combatives training, which is what you learn when you go over here to, like, special forces at Camp McCall or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's 145 pounds, 5'9". And he's been doing teaching just that to the military for the last 25 years. Mm. And I saw this little guy, and I was like, no big deal. I could take him. Nothing I could do. <laughs> I could not get him off of me. At any point in time, he could have killed me, and that would have just been the end of that. Dang. And that's that's why I was like, i got to figure this out. And so yeah. when if you're going and just feel awkward, just keep going. It'll, it'll start to feel better. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean. That, that's a life lesson right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of trying something new. Yeah. You're going to feel awkward because you don't fit in, and you're going to think everybody's looking at you like, what's wrong with that guy? Mm-hmm. But they're probably feeling just as awkward as you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And that's spoken like a true musician who's out in front of people all the time. And that's right. The same thing we've talked about every single time yep. is, you know what, you, you you need to go out and try, and, and you never truly – and get out of your comfort zone that's and right. do things that you, you're scared of. I that's mean, right. you know. Um, and I don't think we've ever really said it out loud no nobody said like yeah it's gonna feel w- weird mm-hmm. i just remember how i felt i felt like everybody was looking at me i felt like there's some tough guys in here i'm i don't need to be here this ain't my place but just kept going because i liked it mm-hmm. and then you just start getting a little bit better and a little bit better and then you start making friends mm-hmm. and it's like well this is you made so i want to make some friends i made a single oh. friend <laughs> good job Rick. i'm really super proud of you thank you tony yeah yeah we're for, we're <laughs> <laughs> we have a request, fart noise request. Woo! Oh, uh, for the record i get probably a credit this time. <laughs> that is my fart noise you can't bring that fart noise on any other podcast uh, deal it's mine is there a train i'm just gonna hear the train <laughs> this is a metaphor for strength that is a metaphysical train keep driving right. <laughs> keep rolling down the tracks let them hear you roar yes that is not a real train. Okay. That's right. It's just in your head. <laughs> yes. You heard a train? Uh, no, I just feel like there's a train. Mm. Metaphysically. Yes. Weird. That probably wasn't the right way to use that word. The original time was. <laughs> you okay. know, yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm wrong, I, I, but I'm not, you know? I mean, I'm never going to admit that. That's right. Wrong, but it's also right. It's also <laughs> right. That's right. Well, tell us about... Uh, let's go back to music a little bit because yeah. uh, you and I have uh, been friends. We also play fantasy football together. So if you play fantasy football together, you are best friends. I mean, and literally. I think we're friends. in three leagues together. Three leagues. We may have a problem. We might. We <laughs> yeah. might. I didn't yeah. do too well this year, but you've done pretty well for yourself. There. That's right. That's... I'm in the championship round. But this isn't the Rick Keen show. This is the Tony Barnes <laughs> show. So we're going to stop it right there. That's right. Um, but anyway. Did, didn't we play each other in the fantasy playoffs? We may have. I, I don't know. I can't really remember. I think that was who last knows week. who won? I, I think I won. Yeah. I mean, but did you really? I mean, in an alternate universe, maybe you didn't. I won all of them you metaphysically. Did. Metaphysically. Okay. And physically. <laughs> and literally. Right. Um, but 
uh we rick has been uh it's uh, it's been awesome playing with him over the years um and with music and uh just bringing a dobro to something people are like what is that thing right there <laughs> and especially when he has it like electrified and they're yeah. like oh my god that's the best thing i've ever seen so it's like a i'm like a kid in the candy store every time i play and like i'm like rick you want to play play some music with me tonight and he's like yeah let's do it and then they're like oh my god what is that thing it's so awesome just yeah. just playing with you that that got me with i, I just played with the uh, Whiskey Pines over the weekend mm-hmm. at Pinehurst Brewing. Yeah. And I was thinking, because I knew this was coming up, I know all of these people because of you, the the TJs, the, the McKenzie's Mills, the the uh, Whiskey Pines, all of these people in this area huh. I know because of you and have played with them because of you wow. just from going to meet you that one night over there huh. at uh, O'Donnell's. So you're saying I've changed your life changed completely. Life. That's right. And then I'm amazing and awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I always just, I, I know how unique the Dobro is. And I know, especially when you start putting it through, like a, originally I had that electric Dobro through a Marshall amp. And now I just play it through a Helix, which is a, an amp simulator. Mm-hmm. And what I like watching is not just the crowd because they've never seen nothing like that. But I like watching the musicians because mm-hmm. they'll, I'm going to give it that look, look of, especially if you've never seen me. And it's, I'm not bragging by any means, just the way it sounds. Uh-huh. And, they'll look and you kind of see their faces like what is that thing they've never seen it before it's like the look of instant love that's right really surprised love he probably was a little awkward when the first time I looked at him after I played I'm like oh my god this is so awesome (laughs) I I think musicians have dealt with Sweetwater most of us deal with Sweetwater from time to time ordering things from Mm -hmm. there and I I remember calling the guy probably seven eight years ago and I was buying different pedals to run through an amp and I was he was like now what are you doing and I would try to tell him, well, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. And he goes, okay, okay. And I, I could tell he didn't have any idea what I was talking about. He calls me back like two days later. He goes, hey, are you doing, are you running an electric lap steel with a passive input, and you're going to your pedal board, then going to an amp? I said, yeah. He said, I've never seen anybody do that. Can you take a picture of it and email it to me? Said, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, man, that's really cool. And since then, we've kind of kept in touch because he's like, I'm going to try to push that because I've never seen anybody do that before. And I was like, all right, yeah. man, win. That's awesome. No, it's, it's been great. We played together for probably close to nine or ten years, maybe, yeah. something like that. 2012? Yeah. Yeah, so that's 11 years. Yeah, and we've done uh, – what are some? I can't remember. Uh, we've done some fairly bigger things in the past with East Coast Carowinds. Entertainment. Yeah, we Carowinds. Did, we, we used to play the place in Charlotte out there, yeah. Ray Road. Yeah, but Blakeney. That's and, right. Uh, Blakeney Shop, Shopping Center out there. And uh, we did uh, – I think we did some things up in Morrisville and Park West Village in Raleigh. That's right. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, we played up in Green uh, – Green, what is it uh, – that pool area, that community up there in Northern oh, your Raleigh. Buddy. Yeah. yeah uh, <clears throat> we used to do Wilmington a lot, too. Yeah. We did the, you did the Real Cafe rooftop mm-hmm. with us, right? That's right. Several times. Yeah. I lived in Wilmington for two years in 2016 and 17, I think. And we did uh, the Real Cafe there downtown on Front Street. And we're lucky enough to bring the whole band up there and play the Real. Uh, every month they do one, I think, uh, rooftop mm-hmm. uh, gig. It's really cool because you can see the whole. You know, Wilmington skyline and everything, and the water, the river. And, uh, that was a really fun gig. It was a really nightmare loading <laughs> in, but <laughs> it was a fun gig. When I was looking for a parking spot, I had to circle the block a couple times here. And I was thinking, man, we've done a lot just in this little strip of – we did the, what was the Bell Tree, oh, McDonald's. Yeah. We used to play – there was a boutique. I don't know if yep. you remember that. Living on the Bliss, yeah. Yeah, we mm-hmm. used to do that oh, every yeah. Saturday, a Saturday a month or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they would hire us there. That was really cool. The Jefferson. Mm-hmm. We've done yeah. – like a we did the Sunrise Theater over there mm-hmm. i was circling around thinking man there's one block we've played like six or seven places oh yeah over the years we yeah. do uh so pine scene mm-hmm. 
uh, Mary comes in on Wednesdays, and one of the things that she like started the Southern scene for is because there are eleven places to play. It just in downtown Southern Pines. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of places. Yeah. yeah. Now there's the Growler Shop, Hatchet Brewing, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, Southern Pines. Well, they don't do music over there yet. I don't think. I think that they said they're going to start though. They should. They got at that the nice tap patio. Room, I think. Yeah. Oh, right the here. tap room. I think they're going to do it at the tap room, but I think they may do it occasionally here at the okay. um, I saw, downtown. I think I saw Whiskey Pines at the tap room the other day. Well, the main one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the one down here. Oh, not not like not downtown, not downtown the but the main. Yeah, they've been doing music. Drive. Yeah, they've been uh, yeah. doing music down there for a while. But I didn't know if they did it here or not. They should. I don't think they do though. Yeah, but yeah. they could. Mm-hmm. On you the guys, patio, you're right. Do you guys remember the social when it was over social there? Social one six five, or was it two eleven? Or yeah, all fifteen five hundred one over there yeah, near yeah. Hickory Tavern. That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. with Don. Don Phillips. Yeah, that's right. She created that. Mm-hmm. I remember just the musicians just from this area. I would go up there just sometimes to eat and hear the music, and there would be so many local musicians from this area. It's always surprising how many are here because you you don't. I don't know that many. And then you go hanging out and you're like, man, I live here. I live six miles down the road or I live three miles down the road. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch in this area that are really yeah. good with a lot of places to play here. Yeah. And some of them have gone on to do some really big things. Uh, if you look at um, at Social 165 back in 2015 or 14 or whatever that was, uh, a young, I think he was like 14, Britton Buchanan. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of him, but he was i think he was on american idol or something maybe okay, it was yeah. one of those shows that i think it was american idol and he did well enough that had a national following so he, yeah. now he's got you know he, he, i mean one of the, at 14 the guy was just i mean fantastic i mean good lord he could play the piano guitar sing like bruce springsteen just i mean i mean the guy was really good so he's he's from this area or at least grew up in this area um you know you got Good old Bucky Covington from uh, Rockingham, right. from right down the street. There, he's done well with, obviously, very well with his <laughs> his career. Ducky Medlock, who um, was the guitar player for, and I think sang backup and stuff like that for Bucky Covington. He's fantastic. He's actually back locally now too, doing a lot of stuff. Um, Isn't no dumb, uh, a Adamo from here? Uh, Jason Adamo's from Raleigh, but okay. close enough. Yeah, he, he actually is a, a host at 94.7 QDR for the Homegrown That's right. uh, Carolina Country Series, which, which which will tell you. He posted something the other day. It was a list that was ridiculously long of all the people that have studio quality original music that he's played on 94.7. They do it once a week every Sunday night. Yeah. So that's just amazing. You know, Lots of really good talent in North Carolina. And it's, it's amazing that this little town can uh, or this little area can yeah. produce that, you know. Something in the water. Yeah, must be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like awesomeness pumped into the water system. <laughs> I mean, I feel it. So. Oh, yeah, every day. Wake yeah. up and feel it. Yeah. I know where you were going. Yeah, I was going to say something. <laughs> I know where you were going. We're sort of a family show, so. Right. Oh, it, oh wait. Uh, wait for it. Oh, yeah. Excuse yourself, Rick. You can get out of here now. It sounds like every morning drive yes. uh, back in the 90s. It was always be oh, that man, noise. And then some like zoinks or yeah. whatever. Did, <laughs> did, did we just ruin the show by having that fart machine now? I think we did. Well, this show may have, uh, you know, we may have taken it a bit too far this It time, took a turn. It took a turn. It turned. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, our ratings might go through the roof. That's right. That's right. It's I actually didn't. Facts. Science. It's science <laughs> that if you add farts to shows, they're super successful. Super. Done. Yeah. We done. just did. It It got it gotten. It, we, it got we, done. We yeah. dunt it. We dent it. Yes. No. I feel like we accomplished a lot here, guys. More or we less. Did. Okay. We did. More or less. Yeah. More yeah. or less. Um, 
I feel like they're, oh, yes. Tell us about some of the, uh, also you play with Johnny Orband, right? A lot in Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about some of the bigger things you did with him and other artists. Well, Johnny was, he was a local guy, a friend of mine, um, that would play just a bar scene back in the day in Raleigh. And it was, I would play with him when I wasn't touring with somebody. I'd play like a Tuesday night at Fat Daddy's or something like that. And Fat Daddy's. When, when I started playing again, after I saw you, I, I texted Johnny and said, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm playing again. I'd like to come play some with you. He said, absolutely, but things have changed. And I was like, all right, yeah. whatever, Johnny. He's a buddy of mine. And so I went and talked to him, and, man, things had changed. He had gotten a record deal. He was recording a record in Nashville. And he was like, yeah, we're opening up for Kenny Chesney, Gretchen Wilson, Zach Brown a couple times. Uh, it was a bunch of people playing like the Charlotte Racetrack. And he had the deal and started playing with him again. Man, we went and played um, like Fox and Friends um, in New York, New York. Um, the morning show there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah, like it was a big deal. And for Johnny's just always been a friend of mine. He's one of those guys that plays you know five nights, six nights a week somewhere, everywhere. That's his living, like like you did around here. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, he uh, I played with him up until the pandemic, and when everything shut down in Raleigh, and he just couldn't play anymore. And so he moved down to Florida, where I think he's playing six or seven nights a week down in Florida, and is crushing it down there. But yeah, Johnny was a Johnny's a great singer. His brother's a great singer. Like they, that's a family full of musicians, and they're good people, man. That's awesome. Good people. But I always looked at it as like a fill-in gig, as as opposed to like a a big deal. He was just my buddy from down the street that mm-hmm. would play bars, you know, in Raleigh, and he 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 made it big, man. Mm-hmm. He made it big. And that's, that's what fat daddies will do for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Start calling you. Is it you still that. there? <laughs> I would assume it was in Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking, I grew up in Raleigh, so. 20 years ago yeah, was when I, used, I would have been playing that. I used to go when I was a kid. I, mm-hmm. I, I like the Raleigh scene. It was, um, it, it keeps growing like everywhere else, but it, yeah. you could do like Fat Daddies on a Tuesday night and make 100 bucks for a musician. That's great, yeah. yeah. On a Tuesday night and get a, a free cheeseburger, mm-hmm. and that was. If you can have a Monday or Tuesday gig regularly, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you make a living. When exactly I did it for right. 12 years, it was harder. 10 years plus years ago in Southern Pines, there, mm. there was a lot less going on. Uh, and so I, I literally played everywhere and also went to Fayetteville and That's surrounding right. areas and stuff. And But, you know, Kate, even then, only occasionally could I find like a semi-regular Tuesday night gig. One of them happened to be Broad Street open yeah. mic, you know, like on a Tuesday. And they're like, yeah, just come on down. I was like. Well, even just having a gig like you had at O'Donnell's, like every Thursday Every Thursday. Night, that's, yeah. for well, a musician, that's just money in the pocket. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. if you're making a living playing music, which can be super hard, especially during the winter and things like that, mm-hmm. that's that's something solid to have in your back pocket. Yeah, you got to. And, and and the hardest thing about it is, is keeping up with uh, managers, because managers and staff come and go all the time. And I'm still dealing with this with, like, the Oceanic and uh, Wrightsville Beach. We finally had a little bit of stability for the last two years, but you know they typically change managers like every year so like i'll impress the the, cert, the, the cur, uh, current staff mm-hmm. and management and they're like oh yeah man we're gonna get you back next year and then everybody leaves <laughs> not everybody some, there are some people that stay and then it's like i'm back to square one like so i finally got in there again for this year because one person's left it's like yeah you need to talk to this guy and then it's like uh then the manager comes up to me like all right we're gonna do this and uh yeah. 
you know, it's going to be like put on the hard face, you know, and I'm like, dude, I have been playing here for eight years now. <laughs> and I actually know half the people out here that come out to see me That's right. in Wilmington, like, you're the new guy, you know, <laughs> like not me, you know, like, come on, let's just cool it, cool it down, you know, and I, I know what I'm doing. So yeah, that, that's the hard that part. Pest control, but I find that in pest control with the big businesses, you know, the, the bigger companies like tractor supplies and the grocery store chains, big chain companies, like you'll impress the guy that's there and he'll have you in mm-hmm. and you're our guy, man. And then somebody else comes in, new manager, and it's like, no, we got our own guy. I was, like, well, yeah. I was doing pretty good though for like eight, <laughs> yeah. nine years. No, we got our own guy. Okay. Well, oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, stuff. That's part of. Uh, I mean, because really in music too, you're selling yourself. I That's mean, right. really. I mean, uh, this is a family show, so I won't go there. But I used to call it something else. <laughs> yeah. uh, I used to sell myself around town all the time. When I was doing it for a living. That's exactly right. Um, I mean, you grow up kind of doing doing it because you like it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's just something you do for yourself, and then you play it for some friends, and you're like, man, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then you start playing a little bit for money, getting paid for, it, and it's like, man. Mm-hmm. I need to get paid more for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, and you start making more, and yeah. yeah. And you know, with me, it it became I, I did it. It became a necessity, and I and, and I I am super lucky that I was able to do it for twelve years. Literally, that was my job for twelve years, five six nights a week playing music and traveling, kind of regionally mostly. Um, but it uh, it did become a job. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like anything does. I mean, and it uh, it the last several years, I felt I felt burnt out, but I had to do it because that was my livelihood, you know. And I had a lot of debt from trying to be famous in Nashville <laughs> and going to college and all that. So it definitely was something that I. But I but within that and sticking with it uh, until I could find something else that was more lucrative that I mm-hmm. kind of went into. It all helped me. My face was out in public all the time, so Mm -hmm. people saw me, people knew me, and and Southern Pines and all that. So that helped me put my foot in the door to real estate, you know. Um, And that, so I started with a network. I just had to uh, convince that network that I could also sell them a house rather than just play Freebird. Well, I I see it as even still, it's. I'm not saying it's that large of an income, but it's still supplemental income. It is. You could put you know a couple hundred, three hundred dollars in your pocket, and like, man, that's a good Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a backup plan too because in real estate is a sales oriented business. Mm -hmm. I mean, things have slowed down a little bit. We're lucky here that I haven't slowed down a lot, but. Um, you know, if things do slow tremendously or something happens, I mean, people are always looking for music. I mean, I always found such a pride in, yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. musician. Yeah. Absolutely. And I always like I'd have girlfriends, dads be like, do you, do you make any money doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you pay all your bills. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think back then for me, you know, I had a couple of good years that were like, you know, 40 three thousand dollars a year and and people and that, that was like what some people yeah, make I mean, yeah you know i mean but that's not including when you think about it though i was below the poverty line because i'm buying speakers gas hotel rooms you know that's like right. all that so then after, you gotta pay taxes on it at yeah the then you're paying, yeah right. so that's like right. i was really only bringing in like ninety nine hundred you know <laughs> but it feels like a lot when it's in yeah. your pocket yeah it yeah. sounds good and makes you feel good that's i always right. used to be a pride a badge of pride you know like Oh yeah, I'm a professional musician. Wait, mm-hmm. you don't have another job? No, that's what I do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I have calendar full. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that but, was always prideful for me to say that. Yeah, but then it, when you're doing real estate or any <laughs> other business, you notice that everybody to some degree is kind of connected to music. Mm-hmm. If you go in their house and you see there's a guitar, hey, you, you play guitar? Yeah, I play a little. Or it's everybody's connected to music to some degree, so it's mm-hmm. always a talking point in whatever business you're doing, real estate, bug work, whatever. Say, hey, I see a Dobro over there. Guess who plays Dobro? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting because, like, 
most of the people that I use, not most, but a lot of them in real estate for different things, like my pest control guy is a fantastic dobro player. Uh, Bobby Hancock, who we had on here previously, plays bass, harmonica, guitar, sings. And he did the, uh, uh, the podcast cover. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. the podcast cover. He created that marketing guy. I mean, he does all all types of things, but music related. He does my photos and drone video for real estate. Um, I think there's a few others, but I was um, thinking, didn't you? I, I think we knew Mike when he was doing some inspections for you from playing music. from playing music. That's yeah, right. Mike so Rutkowski met somebody used to own that. Real House Brewery, and he hired me years ago for for music, and now I hire him for That's right. you know for home inspections. You know, That's at right. Atlas Inspections. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know, so it's just a it's just a really cool thing to to be able to do. It connects uh, people, man. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. There was something else I wanted to say about that. I can't remember. Well, before. I wanted to say that a point of that pride, probably for me, I wasn't a musician, but I was an artist, and I always felt I don't know if pride was the right word because I wasn't I wasn't really making a living. But still, we probably weren't either. <laughs> yeah. We felt like we were. But, <laughs> but you're part of a you're part of a community that's like a I won't say elite, but you know, it's a a community that you work, you have to work to be a part of. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just something that you are, that you fall into. Like you, you have to make that effort and you achieve, uh, you achieve membership in that community by doing the thing, by mm-hmm. making the art, by experiencing what it's like to be an artist, by making the music, by experiencing what it's like to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, always felt i guess i was i was proud that i was able to call myself a member of that Mm -hmm. community because people always you know it's the same thing with music kind of people always there's always a piece of art that they like or there's always something that they wish that they could have or or make or be a be a part of the community too Mm -hmm. but they don't always do it that's right yeah speaking to that i was thinking when I said I went into jujitsu the first night, just feeling so awkward, like I didn't fit in. It's kind of like when you first play that first show or or whatever art you're just trying to fit into that community and and be one of those those people doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's once you've reached that, I am a musician or I am an artist. Right. It's it's no, I'm I'm in that community. It's yeah. it, To me, it is prideful. It's like yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I do this for a living. I'd, right. I yeah. I do this every day. This is I who this. I am. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's sort of a a, a rebel type attitude when you look at the vast majority of people they're they're like right. go to school get this job with the government or corporation or whatever work hard work your way you know hard to where you can retire at 60 and you got some money in the bank you know um that's kind of the american way right and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that but you know the the innovators the you know, creative people the entrepreneurs that they're the ones that have risked a little bit yeah, more to, that's to try also to do the it. american way and exactly. maybe even it's, more that's right. so, so true yeah, right absolutely because yeah. you know you're you're going out there you're putting yourself out there you're doing something that could fail mm-hmm. oh yeah and that's yeah. what and i've and done secretly that. you're insecure about it but you're not <laughs> right, telling right. nobody else that <laughs> yeah exactly and you learn as you go through it you learn how to put that face on it's that's not right, like mask. not it's that you're mask. being yeah not that you're yeah. being fake it's just a confidence mask that's you know right. like because you have to if you're up there and you're <laughs> shaking right. your boots you know <laughs> right. i mean and most times gonna, you are and, yeah. yeah you are but you learn how to put the mask on that's right, right. Yeah. Not it, yeah and that's what has helped me with you know a two definite business separate completely separate industries that i've sort of had a little bit of success in and starting a new kind of endeavor that 
I, I actually want to do this perhaps for money. Pilot, are you listening? Uh, <laughs> yes. Are, are you listening? Down the road, but also just, uh, you know, for fun. I mean, it's fun for me, but it's a t- totally different thing, you know? Sure. And so these are three things that I've done that have, uh, you know, directly been uh, affected by the first thing that I tried to do was music for a living. And it built my confidence. I created, I learned how to talk with people and build mm-hmm. relationships. And, and that has helped me in, uh, to switch complete gears from music to real estate and now luckily i've been fortunate enough to have a successful business uh, in real estate and then you know just to try new things and then find out you're good at these and you, you keep adding to the belt you know like kind of like say, a jujitsu it's it's still <laughs> selling yourself yeah even though in the yeah. music you had to sell yourself to a promoter or mm-hmm. sell yourself to people that come to listen to you play or other musicians to let you play mm-hmm. now you're just selling yourself to people again it's still the same idea of just selling yourself yeah and and i think there's a it's a it's an art form you know i mean it really is it's also not just an art form it's i mean being authentic you know oh, yeah. being an that's authentic the person is right. the biggest because there's a lot of we won't use the cliche because i don't want to upset anybody but there's a lot of people in different industries that and in all industries that are you can you can instantly see that they're they're fake right yeah. that they're and and for them they're trying to make a living they're doing what they do that they, they're doing what they know how to do they're using that script right yeah. and they're like what can i what kind of well, we'll say that. Can I get you in today? You know, and uh, and people look through that, and and it works to well, an I think extent. That's, isn't that what con man is short for? Like confidence. That's that's what con man comes from. It's yeah. just faking this confidence. Yeah, like you know what you're doing. Yeah, but if you really know what you're doing, it's mm-hmm. just... and if you're authentic, and and the main thing is when you're switching industries or switching gears, you know, you have to ask for help. You have to ask. Like I've always been the guy that wants to do it by myself. Like I don't. I've had. I, I have had bands and. And work with people. You have to work with people ultimately, but I've just been the one that's kind of like the solo guy all the time because I just I trust myself. You know, it's hard for me to trust anybody else. You know, you have to earn that. And uh, you know, I think you. But but in the, in the grand scheme of things, when you switch industries or you do something different, or you try something new, you have to ask for somebody who's been doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to team up with people that know what they're doing in that in that business. But know? then you also have to put in your own work, and you have to figure out, because there's, there's some guys that have been doing things, that's that con man that's been doing things, kind of getting by for 10 years, whatever. He really doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of learn to decipher good or bad what you're dealing with. Yeah. Then put in the work by yourself, reading on your own, mm-hmm. doing whatever you got to do to be better at whatever you're trying you read? to do. I try to. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I listen to audio books. <laughs> I watch. I watch the. I, I like look at the photos. You, uh-huh. know, you know. Yeah, there are pictures those in are, the books. Right. Those are mm-hmm. coloring books. Oh. Yeah. You yeah. Color those. Okay. But yeah. I just said I'm an artist. Yeah. You just totally just belittled him so much right there. I just, some people see art. Some people can't draw in the lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So. Yeah. Are we done? Hey, turn your phone off, Rick. It's on silent. <laughs> it's on silent. Yeah, we would know. Yeah. See, this is what I do. This is what I do in, in the shows whenever I'm embarrassed or like there's a awkward silence because he doesn't have a microphone when he plays with me. And so I'm like, <laughs> tell him a joke, Rick. <laughs> you don't have a microphone. You can't, you know. Usually I have the best jokes, too, but just yeah. nobody's ever heard them. Or I make I make fun of them, you know. That's exactly what I mean. I, I like to make fun of Rick at, so that I don't feel bad about myself. That's you know? right. 
and kids don't do that i'm really just joking this is a family show i forgot to turn our my new recording sign on oh yeah uh, what does that i mean? thought he said he forgot to record <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just sitting here talking for ourselves <laughs> <laughs> for an hour that's right <laughs> oh sorry guys let's start over uh, man this is so good this was gold this is going to be the start of my career frank <laughs> i played music i killed bugs the end and you do jujitsu that's right i can't even say it Say it, sorry. Jiu-jitsu. Man, that was so solid and sweet. Jiu-jitsu. Is it French, like jiu-jitsu? I think it's Japanese. I thought it was Portuguese. Jiu-jitsu? I think it's uh, Japanese. But uh-huh. and then it's just when you say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, that you're you're probably right. You're probably right. Jiu Jitsu, but I think it came from Japan. It, okay, that, but I think it <clears throat> translates in Portuguese to like gentle art. Hmm. I think that's what it translates into because Brazil is Portuguese. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And I know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is like that's, that's the Gracies. I, yeah, that was the UFC one. Oh, okay. That's right. right. Yeah. So that's why I'm. It's probably so common for us. That's right. I think it came from Japan and it came from somewhere else. But once it got to Brazil, that's where it became their thing. That's where mm-hmm. it, it really flourished. That's right. That's right. Their style really flourished. And really? That's what you see today. <clears throat> okay. Really, back in the 1800s, it was called a whale's. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Called... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for all you Ron Burgundy fans. That's the second one. <laughs> awesome. I should um, get that cough looked at. <laughs> I can't breathe, actually, on the show. It's really sad. Um, you know, it's uh, totally cool. Um, unlike yourself. <laughs> so we are speaking with Rick here. Um, it tends to get awkward when, you know, the more boring people come on. <laughs> and we have we run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> We start talking about fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Ironically, that the first ad was you know the fantasy football thing, and, yeah. and this is the first time we've talked about fantasy football here. I don't have a beard, so we can't talk beard. Oh, mm-hmm. you don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Am I the first beardless male to be? Man, a you might be. I mean, maybe completely no, I think, shaved. I mean, Bobby didn't have a beard, right? But he, I think he had, had double. double. He did have. Stubble. Yeah, you're just like a baby's bottom, <laughs> like a baby's bottom. <laughs> we're we're. Uh, we're not a hairy people from where I'm from. <laughs> not Neanderthals. Well, I am jealous of your your hair on your head. You have a nice it's thinning too. mohawk too. It's thinning too. I wish that, I had that. Honestly, that mohawk's kind of gonna. You're gonna need to readdress that when you get back. Yeah, it's gonna have the wave. Yeah, <laughs> I've had this hair since. Oddly enough, I saw Chuck Liddell in the UFC. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, him. he had a mohawk that was skint. Uh-huh. And as a kid, I was like, "Well, I want to do that, but there's no way they're gonna let me shave my head. So, I, what if I just shave it on the sides and the back and make a mohawk? That's <laughs> that's where I got the idea from. So you've you've had that hairstyle for. Long time, long time. <laughs> All right. I want to say I created it, but then I seen other people with it. I'm not saying I inspired them, but, but I definitely but I was an original. Them. <laughs> but I probably inspired them. That Ryan Seacrest fellow, definitely my idea. Yeah. Definitely what, what's idea. the the phrase? Rick's been pimping since been pimping. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how they say it? <laughs> I'm not out here in the streets. These streets. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they say up here. <laughs> Over near your your neighborhood, Tony. <laughs> Lower Aberdeen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, man. This is great. You know, Rick uh, coming in and. Uh, yeah, pretended to be cool for us on this show. Really appreciate it. Um, what are you doing? There? I was wondering what he's going to oh, do with that. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm really. I'm about to throw it on your floor, Frank. <laughs> Just kidding, okay. I'm kidding. I'm gonna put it in the back. I, I don't ever. Um, I'm messing with my. You don't ever right groom now. yourself. I don't. I don't really groom a lot. I've been married for five, six years, <laughs> Frank. I mean, come on, really. 
you know, we we tend to let ourselves go. You know, uh, yes. Yeah, right. Ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your beard. Right. Yeah, she was like, I'm still clean shaven. You are. <laughs> you haven't quite let yourself go yet. That's right. Are you? You're not married yet. Soon to be. That's right. That's you, right. That's right. You're gonna get congratulations. We're sorry. To, I mean, congratulations, <laughs> I mean, congratulations, and sorry. Yeah. I think you're already. You basically are married now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty close. Be. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah, you're gonna take the leap. Not that I know you. Really. We just met today. <laughs> that's right. I don't that's even right. Know who yeah. you're talking about? But. <laughs> yeah, right. You Rick, seem you, almost you, married. You right? seem almost yeah. married. Rick, get married, right? <laughs> you know the deal. <laughs> he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. Yeah, he's married. But you're a father, so that's right. I assumed, which maybe I shouldn't. Close enough. Yeah. You don't have a ring, so I guess I should. Recently engaged. Uh, so awesome. right, yeah, I figured. I I realized. Yeah. That's so right. congratulations as well, formally yeah. from and apologies to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's who. That's who you were apologizing. That's right. right. Of course, <clears throat> I knew where that's it was right. going. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of kids, um, and we don't won't we'll bring them up here but i I will bring them up um so i was just talking to rick earlier uh i have a four-year-old who just turned four he used to be the sweetest thing on planet earth (laughs) and he turned into in a loving way what's what's a nice way to say this without pissing my wife or other people off demon child sort yeah that's (laughs) i I love him it hurts my heart honestly to see him Uh, he, he went from the sweetest boy to like he literally will like just if he gets upset about anything, you know, like just to sister, to me, to no matter what we do. Did your son, when he was four, did he have a magic moment where he either got better or worse? <laughs> In all honesty, being a parent, listen to podcasts, being a parent to me was the most important thing yeah. that, that I had ever done, still is. Mm-hmm. And so you, me personally, I tried to read about it, try to listen to podcasts, try to talk to other people about it. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing that little dude, man, he was, I wasn't cool anymore. And I was this old guy. And he makes fun of my hairline. Mm-hmm. And last night we were at the Lakers game. And it, it was just like, he, he has these little moments where he's like, this is it. Best Christmas present ever. Puts his arm around you, mm-hmm. hugs you. And then he goes right back to hating you again. <laughs> and, and I think I think that's the kid's job. Yeah. If, you, if you listen, is. In their eyes, they can't ever tell you how cool you are to them, but they'll always, they'll always, you're a hero to them. Mm. You know what I mean? Try they'll to, never let you in and let you see it. Mm-hmm. And you tell them something to do, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Yeah. Or don't listen to anything you do, but they listen. Yeah. They're picking up on it. Try he's, to, just, he's just going through a little phase, your man. Just try to, try to just hold on as tight as possible to the few mem- moments that That's are right. good. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hold, and listen to podcasts them. about it. Hold on to what we got. And remember, they're they're just little people, man. Who's yeah. going through emotions too? It's hard for them yeah. to figure out. Well, they probably inherited it from me. I'm Most the, I'm, a, I'm a dramatic person. <laughs> I was thinking when he when when your son probably slammed something and walked off. I imagine you quickly slammed something and walked off. To, I'm not dealing with him. <laughs> you know, you're probably right, and, and it's sad that I probably influence any of that. Really, but that's, just, that's just human nature. It's human nature. Yeah, I just hope that you know, as, you just, as a parent, you just hope that they just turn out to be. You know, good little people, man. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's well, what I hope. You you influence that so much more than you think. That's why you read books, you listen in to podcasts good, in a good way. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I hope so. I mean, yeah, that's what every parent's hope is that you don't wreck their lives. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, well, I think it's instinct to to go back at the kid and you know, the kids holler and mm-hmm. hey, you get right back. And, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. We don't do that here. But I was listening to a podcast that said, man, they're, they're having a moment. How about say let's let's go outside and eat some salsa and chips. Tell me what's going on here. Because mm-hmm. if you're sitting down eating you know, eating salsas and chips, 
nobody's ever had a bad time doing that. Mm-hmm. So maybe take yeah. the kid outside for some sauce and chips. What's going on, buddy? Let's Taco talk Tuesday. Him, That's right. Yeah. Taco Tuesday every talk, day at four. Taco Tuesday? <laughs> yes. Talk. Yes. yes. That's what we should call it. Yeah. Talko. I like that. Everybody loves Taco Tuesday. <laughs> but you said what you, what you said earlier about how you you kind of drug a, a Southern drawl thing into there. Uh-huh. It made me think about I was playing with a band in Colorado and I was singing baritone in this band. You sang? Yeah, I wow. sang baritone in this band, and I quickly realized I was not good at it. <laughs> I was from Benson, North Carolina. It wasn't the notes. Fine with hitting the note. You know what I mean? It's the accent. <laughs> and and the lyric was, was we were drinking wine. Huh? And I'd say, Weezer drinking wine. <laughs> Weezer? So it would stick out like a sore thumb <laughs> if you're singing harmony to somebody. Weezer drinking wine. And I said, Weezer. I said, Weezer. And they were saying, we were. We, it's we were. Like, <laughs> I quickly realized, if they're not from North Carolina, we're not going to be able to sing together. Yeah. Is that, is that, so it must not be like like the British can sing completely like American English, you know? But like the, something they practice. Yeah, yeah, that's like... Uh, but if it's from North Carolina Benson, to Colorado... No. Benson to Colorado <laughs> cannot. No. Won't happen. No. Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good band, by the uh, way. Yes. Yes. Good band. Great band. Wow. I want to listen to some Weezer, Weezer now. Some Weezer. Weezer. It sounds so much cooler with Weezer. Yeah. Weezer seems like, <laughs> like, a, like you know, uh, like the Geek Squad, you know? Right, doesn't it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, they make lots more money than we do. But Weezer, Weezer, Weezer. I'm actually wheezing right now, <laughs> like, having breathing problems again. Uh, it's great. <laughs> so, so we're naming, renaming the podcast Talco Tuesday. Talco Tuesday. That's very. That, that is really good. With Tony. We, we's a Taco Tuesday. We's a Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taco. We's and Tony Burns. <laughs> yeah. Legit, literally. Literally wheezing. Yeah, this has been good. I could talk to you, Rick, all day long, man. It seems like we used to ride together a lot. And yeah. We would talk like this, riding for hours to mm-hmm. wherever, Charlotte or wherever we was going. We'd, we'd talk and laugh and talk and laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to have got to have that laughter, you know. Mm-hmm. Without laughter, what are we all doing in life, you know? That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember old Charles Starcher, Truck That's Sugar. Right. That's He'd right. be with us sometimes. Shout out to Charles. He's doing well for himself over at, uh, I believe, Southern Pines uh, Chevrolet, uh, the one that sells the cars, the the separate, I can't remember the The one name. that sells the cars. Well, they all sell the cars, <laughs> but the one over there uh, near Across Arby's. Across from Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Or, oh, no, you no, mean no, the, no, the other the, one, um, the little one near oh, yeah, Arby's. Yeah, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. Like Southern was, Pines Automobiles or something? Yeah, that's what, it, I think it's Southern Pines Auto D... Gosh, it might. Yeah, I think they renamed it recently, didn't they? They probably did. It's got the little pine tree, well, logo type thing. But they, uh, he sells cars over there and uh, does well for himself. Been doing that for a while. But him and I, before I even met you, mm-hmm. him and I were like the duos. Like he played harmonica and he was a fantastic harmonica player. And we traveled, you know, all around North Carolina and played. And he went to Nashville uh, once with me and recorded down there. And I say we did like Charlotte. I don't remember where we were playing, but they would put us up in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Us three. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Lake uh, Norman. Was it or was it Lake Norman? No, it wasn't. I just remember they put us in a hotel and someone busted into the room that night drunk and Charles had to get up <laughs> oh, and yeah, run them out. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to have Charles around, but that's this right. was before the jujitsu days of Rick, That's right. You know? <laughs> I was in another room. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah but somebody I think it was like you and your wife drunk open. Yeah. yeah. Charles got up and was like, what's going on here? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Charles Charles is a very was strong it, man as and well. And then it was uh it was me, you and TJ did uh, Charlotte. 
Mm-hmm. And when the car got broken into, right? Oh, yeah, T.J. Johnson. That's yeah, right. T.J. Johnson's phenomenal uh, piano player and singer. Um, he's actually going to start doing, I think, an open mic over there at Dugan's Pub now. New I think he's doing all Ford. the booking. I just played a show yeah. with him there. Yeah. And I think he's going to start doing the booking for that place, bringing mm-hmm. in all types of musicians. Yeah, yeah. T.J. TJ went to Nashville with us, too, and recorded some stuff. And uh, we we all played music together over the years and tj's going to be doing open mic at dugan's pub which will have Stephen four and i think i don't know if is this wife's Allie, right i don't think remember her name i think but. it's Allie four i don't know if she'll be on or not she's certainly welcome i just don't know if it's going to be Stephen or her but they're going to be on the show in two weeks so uh looking forward to that they've done some really great things uh for the community here recently too so that's why i definitely wanted to get them on nice um but uh but yeah man so many good music stories and everything and i know we're getting short on time here <clears throat> probably so um you short know. on time but long on love that's, that's right. right lots of love up in here so uh if you're listening to this just uh you know tell a friend if you like it if you don't just keep your mouth shut yeah, just, and, you know, just don't tell <laughs> just anybody move along yeah move along. We, we we you know what we don't have a review yet have you noticed that uh and i haven't because i just look on the uh on the back end ah see we ha- we do not have a review yet and rick i'll have to ask you please review us now that you're on the show no, no, but it, no, i'll just come, review this one it has to come the from, guy on there was great the mother guys i don't know yeah. about it has to come from somebody who isn't on the show I, to be legitimate think, yeah, right yeah i mean from a marketing standpoint yes so i mom, think i don't think <laughs> if you're listening right i don't think they that they'll uh flag it because i mean google doesn't flag we have some um businesses that we market for and like it seems like we start to push reviews and the next thing you know like two weeks later it's like so and so reviewed the business and it's the business owner and uh, we're like dude yeah that's kind of yeah. yeah same come thing on, with like zillow on. reviews like yeah. you know somebody some agent sold their brother a house and he's like <laughs> oh this guy's the greatest real estate agent ever i mean you should really hire him same last name <laughs> okay. all right a little uh, little uh, obvious there yeah. you know uh, but now that a we've fake book a fake facebook or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, now that we've asked for this the first review is going to be like horrible right oh, yeah. it's going to be like this guy's really suck <laughs> just too many fart going noises it's going to be your on. mom said yeah. too many fart noises <laughs> right. too many fart noises one star way long. one star one star when are you paying me back for college yes <laughs> your father's going to the ice cream store he wants to know if you want anything <laughs> tony tony get, we're getting some ice cream you want some yeah so hey this will be interesting to see if people do listen maybe we'll get a review Let people listen what if we get a couple of reviews we're and like, they're oh. good then we're like moving Do, up. Don't most podcasts like rate and subscribe at the front end of all the podcasts? Yeah, mo- they do they? most podcasts. <laughs> Not this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I wanted to tell you, uh, I played at the Drum and Quill Friday night. Uh, How was it? It was great. Uh, I had a, uh, I guess I won't name him. I don't know if he, he works at Pinehurst. He's good old friend went to west end elementary when we were talking mckenzie he listened to the mckenzie's mill one mm. um and we we're talking about west end you know elementary school where we went to uh and he he was like tony i i had to listen to it man i listened to it and i'm telling you, you almost brought back memories and yeah almost had me in tears man and that was mm. and i had no idea he's high up in Pinehurst resort really nice guy and known him for a long time don't see him often but he you know just just somebody came in and was like, Tony, I had to tell you, man, keep doing it. Real proud nice. of you. That was great. You know, I That's love awesome, that. Man. Yeah. It's so great. You mm-hmm. know, people, I, I've gotten that some, um, some other times too. And it's just like, you know, it, 
It's great. Yeah. It's that validation to, to, to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, not that I need it because I'm going to be doing it one way or the other, yeah. but it's <laughs> nice to know that, and I can see that people are listening. So I get that sort of reassurance that it's like, it's not zero mm. and it, it's great to hear. It's great to hear. So if you see Tony out there, tell him that you love listening to the podcast. Yeah. Appreciate it. If you if you don't love it, then just then keep just your mouth move shut. along. I listen to it. I listen to it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. That's I think awesome. things just stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Everything's like any any business is going to be slow to start with. Yeah, yeah. Just that's true. Gaining momentum, gaining momentum. And you know, and I know, and I've tried to make reassure some of the people here at the pilot. The most important thing with a podcast is to keep with it. And be consistent. Be consistent. That, what, with whatever your thing is, if it's once a week or twice mm-hmm. a week, you always drop at the same time yep. over and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what a podcast, that's what we look for as, mm-hmm. as listeners. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta, gotta do it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. I've, I've loved every single one of them. Uh, yeah, me too. It's become a new passion for me, so... You know, and there's plenty of people in Moore County and around here that we I can have interview. to tell this story on Tony. All right. we, we were we were checking a house four or five six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I just crawled out from underneath the house, and I was listening to a podcast in my in my work truck. <laughs> Tony comes over and we're talking, and he was we, I forgot what podcast we were talking about. He's like, "But you listen to podcasts?" I said, "Yeah, I listen to podcasts every day in the work truck all day long. That's that's what I'm listening to when I'm riding around." And uh, he said, uh, I, don't, I don't think my phone does that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it does. You just go to Apple Podcasts. And I, I took his phone and I clicked on it. And I was like, you can look up. I think fantasy football was getting ready to start. I was huh. like, you can listen to fantasy football. You can listen to science, your business, whatever you want to listen to. And Tony's like, it's for free? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you just click on it, man. And I, I, I was Tony's like, I listened to it through my truck. And, and Tony was like, I don't know if I could do that through my car. I said, yeah, you can. You just got to Bluetooth it to your car. And I remember taking your phone and, and putting it in yeah. your Bluetooth through your car yeah. and playing it. I promise you, within two weeks, when two weeks after that date, Tony had sent me an email. And it was the intro to this podcast. And I'm like... He had never heard a podcast before. <laughs> now he has a podcast. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. You know, we'll, Not to take away from the dream. No. I'm sure the dream is radio yeah. podcast well, just, together. Yeah, just the doing dream is the, the, the talk. Is, yeah. I like to talk a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I just knew yeah. it was, I'd showed him what podcasts were two weeks before, and then I got an email, hey, I'm doing my own podcast. <laughs> what like, do you think about this? <laughs> what? Yeah. Rick was the first person to listen to the very first one. The yeah. very first oh, one. Oh, yeah. Before I didn't it was know, even released. I didn't even know it at the time, but yeah. you told me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I remember, like, because I'd never put Bluetooth on my car before, and then I realized <laughs> the hard way that as soon as I took Bluetooth off the radio was like the phone call when you got the phone oh yeah i was like how do i do this that's what you got to be careful it's loud like oh no yeah some people don't realize how loud it is that's right well and the different podcasts have different volume levels so you cut it you got to cut up real loud to hear one that's low and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing it's big ours isn't like that right no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And now, like the, the other day, I was out. dropping my other car off uh, and my wife with the kids before we went to the mountains uh, at the mechanic, and it's connected.
connected to my phone, my car now and I was driving the other car, but I parked it and she was close enough to where I got a call. I called the mechanic and he answered the phone and, and it came on briefly in, in the car where they were at. And my wife was singing journey, like as loud as her <laughs> she could possibly <laughs> sing. And she, she was like, Oh my God, did he hear me singing? I was like, no, no. Cause I clicked, I'm getting good at clicking iPhone, you know, real quick. Right. 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 But she was like, Oh no, I was singing loud journey. I'm like, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. When did you start doing that? You know, right. why don't you do that more? Uh, that was just funny. Yeah. So now the podcast. I'm proud of you. I couldn't be prouder. Didn't know about podcasts in two weeks. Had one. It was Boom. so funny. I just got that email and I listened and it was like, hi, my name's Tony Bowers. I was like, this is so out of left field. Really? Really? Hey, but this has been a lot, like a lot of things in my life. When I first started real estate, I had people telling me like, Really? Tony's doing real estate? Like, yeah. come, on, come on. And now here I am. Same thing with music, you know. I mean, at the beginning, uh, you know, I had a little bit with McKinsey's Mills, so I had a little bit of knowledge. But I was like, okay, you're going to just make money playing music. That's what mm-hmm. you're, that's, that's you're going to do with your life. And yeah, that's what I was going to do with my life. And I did Maybe it. that's where the pride comes from, is people telling you, that's, that's bad. Maybe you shouldn't do that. That's not a reliable <laughs> source of income. Maybe you should do something yeah. different. No, no, I did it. I did it. Yeah. And now, I mean... The obvious way that this trajectory is going to go is that I'm going to own Pilot Radio, and Frank's going to be my subordinate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey. I'll pay you well, though. All right. All right. Cool. Deal. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. No, this has been great. Wait, you're not going to pay me well? Oh, no. Definitely not. Okay. Well, I guess that's no different. Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. Just kidding, pilot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, this yeah, has been fun. Just kidding. <laughs> He's never paid me either. <laughs> None of the shows. <laughs> I haven't made a dime off this show. I'm actually kind of mad. Can you talk to somebody about that? <laughs> I, I, will, I will bring it straight to the top. Please do. Straight to the top. Uh, I, you know, it'd be funny if like, uh, who's who's the boss boss? Like the boss. David. David Warnoff. Yeah. You know, it'd be awesome if he came in here and surprised us in the middle of the podcast one day with a contract and was like, Tony. For one dollar. Yeah. yeah for like, <laughs> we would like to officially hire you as a, a, your official podcast a member of Pilot Newspaper and Pilot Radio for one dollar. That's right. Ninety nine cents. That would be pretty cool. That'd be a cool little fun way to kind of get it. He's not going to do that, is he? No. Okay. Never, 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 never. I could, I could do that, but yeah. Then I'd have to, you know, so. have to pay taxes. <laughs> You're only going to get seventy two. Set up an LLC. That's <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, if you set up an S corporation, then you might get an eighty three cent. Back, That's right. You know. That's right. So, right. but then you can claim your own children, even if they're just born. So you might get the full ninety nine cent that way. You know. Wait, what? Here's to looking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new polls. That's right. Yeah. So, oh, man. New, new polls. Yeah. That's what I thought you said. I even have headphones in. Yeah. Can you just hit that button one time? This one? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> hey, after we, that's our new ending, right? Hit that button. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> How about, uh, oh, it needs to be fart related. Oh, do it though. again. That was bad. <laughs> That's the ending right there. Um, well, we have had Rick Keen of uh, Kennedy's Pest Control in Larnberg here today. Thank you so much, Rick, for coming Thank in you. and, you. and uh, talking with us. Also, a phenomenal musician, plays Dobro and lots of other cool things that are sort of like a Dobro, uh, electrified, if you will, and uh, a good friend of mine. And then, obviously, uh, check them out if you need a pest uh, inspection on your home uh, that you're buying or one that you already exists. Um, and then talk to Mr. Frank Daniels, the executive producer, when you see him out in public. Say thank you so much for those awesome podcasts that you do. 
and for making Pilot Radio a really uh, good success. My name is Tony Barnes, and uh, you know we're just blown away <laughs> by all of your kindness. Yes, towards us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, and Thank you. have a, a wonderful happy New morning. Year. Uh, happy New Year. They, oh, yeah, happy New Year. But also, I was trying to think of a fart-related, like, goodbye. Oh. Um, the smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Happy New Year to you. I hope. You, I wish you prosper, prosperous and healthiness. And that's a terrible way to say that. Well, and uh, healthy gastric. <laughs> Gastronomy? Gastro? How do you say it? Gastronomy is a thing. Gastrointestinally. <laughs> there you go. Something like that. Yes. We wish you. We wish you um, smooth gastro intestinal smooth gastro fortitude. Yeah. Metaphysically. Metaphysically. Metaphysical gastro. But yeah. What did you say, Rick? Sign us off. You said. You said that again. May the wind be in your sails. Yes. Do it again. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can edit that, right?